2: That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No process full by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Hello, and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. The Innocence Project is an organisation dedicated to overturning miscarriages of justice, instances where people have been incarcerated or wrongly accused of things they haven't done. Uh, Since their inception in 1992, they've overturned or vacated over 300 verdicts. And now they've taken on Sheffield United. In what could be described as a cold case, over 48 hours ago, Sheffield United were involved in a severe beating. Uh, They claim they're innocent, and the Innocence Project has taken their case on. They claim that it was not them that was beaten, but possibly Southampton or Stoke. We all look the same to them, they say, and the Innocence Project hopes to vacate this miscarriage of justice. If you want to help uh, Sheffield United overcome this terrible slight against them, they have a Kickstarter or GoFundMe Patreon. They have one of those. Please, please help them to reach the right verdict. Give them their freedom. Discuss that beating on Saturday. are uh, Jim Grant. Uh, good evening. Good evening. Everything all right, Jim? Yes, very good indeed. Thank we you. went to that game. We did. We did. And afterwards, we, did. we went and did a music pub quiz. A music pub quiz. music pub quiz in yes. Down. In Down.
3: Where you live? Yes. yes. Not the County Down. No. We didn't. We didn't go from around no. to no, the village of Down. All of the questions in County Down would be about Van Morrison. Okay. And we, yes. In fact, there was
1: one question all about the, Van the the Morrison. Ar- and and we didn't know the answer.
2: <laughs> yes, that's true. We
1: didn't know the answer to the question about Van. Morrison, yeah. because it was about his later work, yeah. 1995. Yeah. Who here knows the Van Morrison 1995 song that became the the, the song of the peace agreement? Yeah, yeah. something like that. It's yeah, no, it was, no, a symptom, it was like a, the song of the of, of the Northern Ireland peace agreement. Oh. No, no one knows. No, no
3: also here this week, uh, Pete Harcourt is with us.
1: Good evening, Phil. Pete, you were there on on Saturday. I was indeed. Very good result. It was. Very it good was. result. Uh, we'll get into that in a minute. Also, it is a, a founder, member of Stop Hammer Time. There at the very first broadcast we did, myself, Jim and Pete Ward. Good evening. Hello, Pete. How are you doing? Very well. Good. Um, So we played Sheffield United on Saturday and we beat them 2-0. Now, to open proceedings, I'm going to say the atmosphere is quite flat. And there may have been reasons for that atmosphere being somewhat flat. And maybe we'll get into those now. Train strike. Train strike. Train strike. Less people in the stadium. Yeah, that's, but also
3: that's true. But I
1: also think something about the game.
3: It was a I, it's a bit
2: boring. A bit boring. Yeah, I think in
3: the first half was I think hmm. that was true In the first half. But however, I, I do think that that they're a team that were coming off an 8-nil thrashing. There was an expectation that West Ham would beat them comfortably, which then sort of happened yeah. and then in particular in the second half um, you know we put we we took our foot off the gas didn't we and um, you never really
0: got out of second gear though no I mean mean,
3: it it wasn't you know you, you There there wasn't a sense that... I mean, the the only fear in those situations is that sometimes having taken your foot off your gas, they they get a sneaky goal. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to put your foot back on the gas, but nevertheless, you know. There's sort
1: of two ways of looking at that. And, and, uh, Jim, you said both of these things as we were watching the game. Um, We took our foot off the gas in the second half... Given that we were a team that was relegation threatened last year, to the extent that if they'd scored one, or we would have panicked. things might have oh, yeah. got yeah. really hard. Advice. You know, yeah, we, yeah, Ariola had to make some good saves. Um, See. had they scored one, we might have been in serious trouble.
0: Um, it would have been like the Luton game, wouldn't it? The last sort of, yeah,
1: yeah,
3: yeah, yeah very, they're oh, very yeah. comparable,
2: weren't they? Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: uh, and, and conversely, the, the you know, the other thing you said is that, um, yeah the game sort of ended up having a long long petering tail that lasted 45 minutes and actually man City fans a lot of the games they watch are like this oh, they're, yes. just, they're just sort of they're efficient yeah. victories exactly that actually then once they've got the goals they need they really do take their foot off the gas and just conserve their strength for their for their Champions League game in the week you know so. So I you know I I wonder whether whether You're we same really, field rather
0: than score A against Sheffield United, we thought we'd save some for Freiburg. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Nice. Yeah. So it's so I don't know where the truth lies. You know, I think that, that, that we we you know we shouldn't be thinking where oh, it was a comfortable victory, we can just sort of go through the rest of the game, given what last season was like. However, maybe we were sort of comfortable. Maybe we did think we were comfortable and if anything had happened. But the only thing that could happen would be a goal.
2: Yeah. And then you
1: have to step it
2: up and you might not be capable of stepping up. I didn't think there was much chance of Sheffield United scoring. I mean, I know there was one blinded save from Areola uh, point blank, but in most of Sheffield United's attempts at shooting towards the goal were literally towards our end. They were so wide and so bad. Yes, uh, yeah. that's why I found the game sort of quite boring in the second half because they they their wherewithal tailed off very quickly within 15 minutes of the restart. I thought they, they felt they really didn't have much chance and no. we were managing it and it was it just it was a bit like a Manchester City game, not going about that
3: later. It, it, it yeah. was. And I, I, the more I sort of th- the more I thought about it, the more I I, I lean towards the the fact that it was probably in the end decent game management given that, that the next two games are probably the crucial group game uh, in the Europa um, yeah. win at Freiburg or get something you know um, that probably sets you up for winning the group I mm-hmm. would thought they're, yeah, they're likely the best team in it apart from us um, and then a very difficult game uh, following up on Three Sunday against Newcastle Yeah, so yeah um, you know, you can see that, and, and as you say, you know, Man City win games like that all the time. They don't always thrash. We could have, we could have scored four in the first half. Yeah. We could very easily have scored, and then it would have been seen as a drubbing. And it, and and it felt like it was going to be that at any point in that first half where we were utterly dominant. Yeah.
0: Um, I think if you look at the stats at the end, if I know stats obviously aren't, the be-all and end-all, but it actually finished a lot closer. I think it was we only had 53% yeah, yeah. in possession, yeah. they had four.
2: Yeah, and yeah. shots yeah, was yeah. more yeah. as far yeah. off. Yeah. But um, I think, um, oh, yeah, on that point, I think there wasn't a lot of difference between Sheffield United and TSK back No. In terms of quality of opposition. No.
1: No, they were poor. And... Um, you know, hopefully, we won't have to think about them after May next year for at least another year, which would yeah. be great. Until the court case happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I despise them I think uh, I think this podcast is more or less established I, <laughs> I, I hate bad. them I think yeah. I've threatened to fight Sean Bean uh, when yeah, we no. had Ray Winston on this podcast I made him threaten to fight Sean Bean <laughs> um, I despise them and uh, Jim you know we, we went to see them didn't we because our friend Caroline Reddy, yeah. Ka- Caroline yeah, Leddy, yeah. Uh, television producer Caroline levy was a Blades fan living in London we went to see them play That's the Charlton talent.
3: I've been in Charlton. So, yeah. I've, I've I've stood with Sheffield United fans at, at Crystal Palace and what was he well the play? Fulham maybe as well. I, I, you know, we, we have a good friend, yeah. We had a very good friend who was a Sheffield United fan, and and yeah. um, it was all that pre- friend is dead now. Oh no, I'm I'm saying it's oh I see so now right now I open I see if, uh, From yeah, open, yeah yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. Um, that was all pre Tevez pre well it must have been the yeah. God knows. They're, 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 uh, but they're,
1: they're, uh now, now I want them to do badly in yeah, everything they yeah. do. That's, okay. they're, they're, they're I'm over that. it.
0: They're succeeding
1: in that. They're yeah. definitely doing badly. Yeah.
3: Personally yeah. I'm over it, to be honest. The goals were good. The goals were not very well too. I tell you what, the Boeing goal we have we have scored some cracking goals yeah. from open play this season. That Boeing goal was, you know, a you know, it was a top notch team move all on and you know on the deck interchange of passing movement off the ball uh beautiful first time side foot finish and it's
1: a turnover play in both, yeah. both instances yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, Alvarez yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. You know, wins, you
1: know, just just Caesar Caesar, Alvarez sees a chance uh, Gives it to Suchek Who um, perfectly weighted past a Soufal cross-Bowen goal mm. uh, Really, really nice move What was
0: quite um, refreshing about that was also That if Bowen wasn't there, Ward-Prowse was on his right foot yeah. well, Like well, we're, well, we're getting well, people yeah, forward He so was fair, totally
2: wasn't wasn't unmarked, but just walked into the penalty room. Yeah. Well, he pointed <laughs> where he was
1: going to go, more or less, didn't he? He was like, he, he was just on his bike going, me, 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 yeah, yeah. here, here, here. He yeah.
3: it Passed it into the net, as they say. Yeah. It's yeah. it lovely. Yeah. But,
1: um, I mean, that's the great thing about Ward-Prowse, is that he really, you know, every department of the kind of midfielder's game, yeah, he sees, he sort of sees, he breaks stuff. I mean, actually, when when... When we seemed to be in sort of third gear, it felt that he was still in kind of fourth gear. He was still seeing loose passes and, you know, intercepting in the second half of that game.
0: I think he's, he's really... He's real
1: find, isn't he? I think he's come on from isn't having
0: Alvarez behind him. Yeah, yeah. You know, where he's had to maybe do that defensive job more often for Southampton. Yeah. He's, the shackles are off of him. Um,
3: he's got... a surprisingly good engine, hasn't he? Mm, yeah. It's about, and he's not, he's no slouch either, is he? For a sort of floppy Nigel
1: Havers <laughs> in bright, you know, sort of, yeah. looks like he could be in bright every visitor for like a sort of dandy. He's actually quite an engine. He's, he's yeah, you know, he's, he's uh, a
0: terrific sign. How do you mean you know, the furthest man forward against City when he scored that head
1: Exactly, uh, yeah. exactly. He's, yeah. um, you know, I've got quite a few Southampton supporting friends and they went, you know, he's not just set pieces, he's brilliant. And uh, they're absolutely right, he's absolutely fantastic. Mm. Uh, and he does sort of vindicate more this kind of Premier League experience sort of um, mantra, uh, because he did just come in and immediately behave as if he'd play for this team his whole life, which most, you know, like when Ian Wright came, he just slotted in straight away, Trevor Sinclair, you know. Um, But, uh, and the second goal was great as well, you know, that Emerson's sort of interception... um, wasn't just an interception, it was
3: a pass. And then Antonio's ball was really good. Suchek getting into the box, as, yeah, as, yeah. as he now increasingly is tending to do, like the old days, and a very it's three neat, goals
2: neat, now, neat little fish. Yeah, three really, and then well, three well, and I four feel, games. I, I feel like we've yeah. got, now Rice has gone, we've got our Tom Definitely, he, you <laughs> yeah, have to say he had
3: a very good game. Now it's interesting because yeah. we have been really banging the drum so, that, that yeah. he's probably the one that should make way for a midfield of Paqueta, um, Ward Prowse, and Alvarez, uh, allowing another attacking player, a Kudus to or a Menral, if you're so, so inclined um, to play. <laughs> but um, it does look like the first choice team now involved in, has. Paquetta in that left hand left hand side that role slightly different role isn't it to when you play with a Ben Rama or, or a Conor kind of yeah. there he's got much more. He basically more goes license. wherever he wants. He goes he's, where he wants. He's
1: got to do that. It's the only way um, he can
3: be the player. But it player means he is. at times it, it, it puts a little bit of pressure on Emerson to be the wide man on that left. It, it means at times we're a bit narrow. I, I, I think, yeah. but yeah. We just, I think, have to accept that's the yeah. way it's going to be. I don't, I, I, at least for the for the um, foreseeable. But what's interesting is that
0: Emerson's got sort of free reign down the left, but it's foul that's getting the assists. This is He's, season. he's yes. playing really well. this Bowen's coming more central, and he's yeah. given taking the defenders yeah. with him. I mean, that's that three assists so. and three games.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. Both the Czechs have been really good. Yeah, for back obviously. on it again. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I mean, you know, the 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 obverse of that is that our sort of shittiness in the first half of last season, their loss of form was yeah. a huge part of that. Yeah. Both Suchek and Sufal, Sufal clearly because of that, you know, recovering from that operation he yeah, had, which was like a hernia. or was it? Yeah, you know, Sufal yeah. wasn't it? Had the operation? Certainly
3: had. Yeah. He oh, was, I
2: thought I said no, I, I think you said, thought you said Oh, anyway, Sufal. Yeah, that 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 means Sufell, yeah. It took yeah. a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Sufal.
1: Were, you know, was sort of really bad and people were going, he's rubbish, we should get rid of him. But in fact, you know, the funny, I mean, the funny thing about last season was that people were going, why Why did Moyes stick with those guys? Uh, and then was sort of vindicated, but possibly very late in the day. But that is Moyes. Moyes is incredibly conservative and slow to change. So, you know, 15 points before Christmas, 25 points after Christmas, because the form of, Suvall, Suček and Bowen Mm -hmm. came back, essentially. So the same players played. I mean, obviously, I think the manager of one of the kind of, you know, the Sky teams would go, right, I'm going to play, you know, Grealish instead of you, Phil Foden, because you've had a drop in your form. Uh, Moyes sort of feels he can't do that. I think he might be wrong Mm. because Vlasic, you know, sort of was ended up sort of being forced out of the team by getting no game time, and you know, you hope that the same doesn't happen
3: with Kudus. In an interview with the Evening Standard, Moyes says that Kudus they see as a number ten slash central midfielder. Or a striker, or a, or a centre forward. They don't see him as a That's whiteboard.
0: where I was wondering. That's interesting.
3: Yeah. I wonder. And he definitely played centrally against um, Lincoln. He played as a kind of num- number ten. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where he started.
2: Anyway. Um, so um, in his little cameos, though, he looks fantastic. Oh, there's yeah. each game. Right there.
3: There's been a mazy, <laughs> thrilling run, hasn't there? So far,
2: yeah.
0: It's um, got that low centre of gravity. Yeah. yeah, really strong with it as well.
1: Um.
0: Special, Special mention doesn't... for Aguaird as well.
1: Yeah, good, really good. They were yeah, a wonderful yeah. block he got. Oh, that yeah. block in the second was half really. was fantastic, wasn't it? Yeah, there is a sort of, you know, with... Um, and I mean, essentially, it can only really be based on the uh, um, Europa League game. There's a huge amount of love for uh, Mavropanos, and I think that's right. He was great in that game. But it doesn't mean he immediately displaces Aguaird. Funnily enough, the the, 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 the more yeah. injury-prone Zuma feels like kind of, you know, he, he might come in to sort of give him a rest or...
3: That's yeah. more likely because they're the two right-sided. Exactly, on yeah, yeah, And again the left side. Yeah,
0: he yeah. makes a really good point yeah. there that when O'Bonner uh, got injured, when he did his knee that time, and we had to play two, Dawson and Zuma are both right-footed. Mm-hmm. We weren't as good centrally
2: yeah, anymore. Just, just slightly off the track. You now you mentioned Craig Dawson. Did you see him against Man? Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, absolutely f- had Harland in his pocket. But that's, um, you know... Sniff and, and, and Dawson made three incredible blocks and a clearance off the line. He's brilliant. Yeah, he's superb. Mm. Well, he'd, he'd still be here if he didn't want
1: to live for yeah. He yeah. was You know, it's completely pragmatic reasons he left the club. It there was enough. no falling out, nothing. But yeah, he's terrific. But I think um, Mavroparnas looks like he looks a bit looks cool. like yeah. Craig Dawson really possibly possibly sort of um, quicker yeah. than Craig Dawson
3: yeah there's some pace there yeah
1: he's yeah. got some athleticism yeah. you know about him yeah, yeah I think he's, he's, he's sort of going to be great he used to be a striker, didn't he? I think they said he did start as a. Really? Yeah, yeah, exactly. he could finish. Oh, I
0: like the idea. Oh, a bit of, like yeah, yeah. his
3: sort of YouTube show reel
2: contains one or two thunderbolts from distance. Right. Yeah, he can strike a ball, I and you say, he's very fast. I like the idea of a centre forward being converted into a centre half. I always thought Andy Carroll should become should have become a centre half in the latter stages of his career instead of playing for the likes of Reading or. Wherever he is now. In
1: well, occasionally, uh, Harry Redknapp would, when, when the team was down to the bare bones, he's down to the bare bones, would play Ian e. Pearson. Yeah, I was going to say, That's the other the way, the way, way round, Redknapp. yes. But did he
2: actually play to <clears> the... <throat> yeah, Ian e. Pearson. up front in a game? Go- uh, yes. Yes. yes, yes. Famous. Goalkeeper. Yes. Played the goalkeeper up yes. front. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. he was making yeah. a point, wasn't
3: he? Yes. <laughs>
1: but, yeah, But, um, yeah, so it was a, it was a... It, it was a it was a weird game. I mean, I think that you know, I mean that that the foot off the gasness of the second half sort of quietened the home fans. And part of me is sort of thinking, in a sixty thousand seater stadium, I mean, I guess Manchester City, you know, they get on such a kind of addictive jag of winning every week. They in a way don't mind how they win, you know, because because you know by Christmas. They've had sort of fourteen wins or something, yeah. you know, and 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 so there's just a kind of party atmosphere. But um, part of playing in a sixty thousand seater stadium, I've always felt the kind of sort of enterprising mm. enterprising football rather than soak it up football. Um, is is what you have to play. You have to play to entertain a kind of huge. A num- number of people in a big bowl, you know, you can't play like nineteen nineties Bolton Wanderers no. or Tony Pulis's yeah. Stoke. Even though you might end up, you know, a solid ninth in the season, that football will eventually kind of silence
3: it's a, your fans. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's a difficult one because, in in a way, um, you know, what you saw what you saw on Saturday was not the negative football that a lot of you know people to criticise. Moist for one one way or another. Um, It was about controlling a game and thinking about the game in the context of other games that you've got. So it was like kind of in a way it was big team mentality to a certain extent, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, And you can't have it. You can't have it both. I mean, you know, in the end, if you're going to be a successful team and you're going to. Um, you know regularly beat the teams in the bottom half of the with with some ease the bottom mm. half of the league um, you are going to get games where there isn't that jeopardy or that intensity that is what makes it exciting to, yeah. to watch again you know um, nobody wants a relegation fight but they often contain much more exciting games yeah yeah. yeah you know because there's that tension and that, and that there was a really interesting
0: interview with um, Billich. Uh, last week and he was talking about the first season at the at the new stadium um, and he said about you know if you'd have interviewed players about oh you're going to upton park on Monday night they'd have been dreading it oh god we've got to go to upton park on Monday night mm-hmm. said so we moved into that stadium which is normally that sort of stadium mm-hmm. for top four clubs
2: yeah.
0: players were like oh, man, this is amazing this is unreal fans were like god oh, this is Phenomenal stadium And we didn't have The squad To match the stadium So he said In some ways He actually the first season, although it wasn't great, they stayed up. He's quite proud of that season because of the adversity they had of moving in there, the fans mm-hmm. being against it, the players. Well, that they are, displaced and, and,
2: community, and it was yeah. and no one felt really comfortable no, there. Wasn't. We also had the most appalling transfer window that summer, absolute, and, and, and you know, all five players he signed were absolute dog dogshit. Um, <clears> we eventually we lost money on a lot of that. Uh, there, so was that. There was that too, and, he, and I think Bilic was a great. National coach, but has not really had any success in, uh, at club level at all since. Yes. I mean, that one, the, the, the last season, that,
3: that you know, that that emotional season that uh, with 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 some of the lone players we had and <clears throat> and and, and firing, you know, was was just all brilliant. was it? Was it, a brilliant. Oh, God, it? It, was it was amazing, thrilling, yeah. thrillingly good season, you know. Um, and then, yeah, then it did fall to, turn, to, turn, to, yeah, it turn to dust, really, didn't it? Did, you know,
1: know I still, I'm going to raise it again.
3: But uh, <laughs>
1: Billich going and do, doing that punditry uh, for the right. Euros that year, I d- that immediately sort of sent, you know, a shiver down my spine. It's like, what are you doing? We're migrating to this new unfamiliar stadium and you're just going on on a sort of jolly for like a month in fucking wherever that, the Euros were that year. It's like, get on the phone, buy some fucking new players. What is wrong with you? It really made me furious. And like his knee slide on the desk when Paillet scored a goal. He's scoring it for France. He's not scoring for fucking West Ham and in fact that very player was the one that pulled his rug from under him the next season, it's like don't fanboy over one of your fucking players you're the boss, not Dimitri fucking pae. and um you know and that bunch of that shower of Jonathan Caleri, Gokhan Torre, Faguli, uh, Ashley Fletcher, the Swiss guy, Fernandez. They were just Nordvoid. awful. Nordvoid. awful. Nordvoid. awful. <laughs> yeah, the most they were like championship standard footballers, all of them. Faguli, I thought, was the only one that yeah. tried. He was okay, he was good. okay but, well, but he was the one that went, We're shit, I'm going to try to when he came on because he quite often came on, he ran Marlon Harewood, like, at the other team's goal. At least he fucking tried. And went on to have, a you know, the the rest of his career in Turkey. I don't know where he went back. He, you know,
3: he was a good player. I I I still remember him sort of standing aside and waving Andy Robertson through, just for for Hull City, that away game, just the most appalling piece. (laughs) 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 Oh, do do, do come, do come and score. Make yourself at the home in our penalty box. Yeah. Please score against us.
1: Um, but, you know, this week coming up, we have, uh, you know, partially... It's funny that um, I slightly thought that um, Suchek playing in the game against Lincoln for, I think, 90 minutes might, yeah. sort of might have hinted at resting him for the weekend where we might see a, you know, a Kudus... Uh, Kudus based front three, and then uh, Paqueta, Ward, Prowse, and Alvarez behind them. Nope, play, plays the whole game on Saturday. I think yeah, it's his favourite player, but he works him like a like a sort of Victorian child in a factory. Yeah. <laughs>
2: It's like on sixteen-hour days with uh, Antonio. Really, I mean, he yeah. could have been given a rest, taken off for half-time or subbed after ten minutes in the second half because he was clearly flagging. Yeah, and it and it really showed with the one chance, golden chance we had in the second half when I think it was was it Roma cut the ball back to him and he, yeah, yeah, it didn't and and he didn't seem to just notice. Didn't really <laughs> realize he it it was ready. Still on the it wasn't pitch. ready.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I still, I still. It's when your team—it's when your team can't score that you're in trouble. And you know, last season, I'm really, really conscious of like, we have scored 13 goals in four, in in seven games, uh, and that's a very good rate, nearly two per game. But I still, I I still want to really know that that hoodoo is over—that we can't score goals because I, I, you know, I, you're just dead in the water if you can't score, mm. dead in the water, mm. and. Um, uh, so, so, I still I still feel I want that kind of Bowen Antonio Kudos front three to like start a game and see how they can get on, see how they get on. Because this Kudos guy has got to sort of feel like he's the future because he does feel like he's, he's young. He's literally young mm-hmm. compared to, you know, I think you know, if Antonio's like 32, three. he's 23. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's the kind of um, the opposite of uh, Antonio's age he's, you've got to say that someone is the future and you've got to sort of embrace the fact that someone on his last game for for Ajax scored three goals then scored two in the international break then came to your team and you go well I, I don't think he'll settle it off enough it's looking like it's going to be
2: you
3: know, Antonio will have to displace rather than Suchek yeah. and, and Suchek's what's it three and four um, and he's and he's as we said looking yeah. so um, I've seen Paquetto get a little bit frustrated with Antonio in the last oh I of have yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. squared one is. to Antonio
0: and then he but he,
3: he, t- he had a great chance just to slide. Pekar demanded a yep. great run outside him, where he had that shot that went wide. Just was that against Manchester that was,
0: that No, was, this that was, was his match. Here, oh, yeah, Ketler was just turned uh, around. Oh like, yeah, no, there
1: was. You know, there's one where he literally yelled at him. I think Man City, maybe. I think it was Man City. Right. Where, where, like he put, uh, you know, just put it absolutely on a play on a sixpence for him to score and he just miscontrolled it and just first touch too heavy and he just yelled at him just you know, what do I have to do what do I have to do yeah I mean I think it must be very frustrating to play with a player like Ed. oh I, I you know I can remember Antonio and Alaire sort of as a front two Alaire is just assist city for Antonio to put in the net, in the net. Nothing comes back from Antonio to him just, there was a there was there was a two yard pass in the penalty area uh, to Alaire to tap it in. Antonio managed to kick it one yard. Saturday, managed to under hit a two Saturday, yard pass there was an identical opportunity
2: we yeah. were charging through Antonio had the ball He had t- I can't remember he had players on his left and his right he took it on and he blasted it I think straight at the goal yeah
3: but then for all those it, yes, for yes, all those yes. you can remember the amazing interchange of passes that led to the Paquetta's goal against Liverpool last season mm-hmm. you remember his really clever assist for yeah. uh, Suchek's equaliser against Spurs you remember his amazing bullying the centre half and then sliding the ball through for Bowen at Lyon you know there yeah, are he can do <laughs> that great things I, I think mean, the thing about him so hit
1: and miss. the thing about him if you are if you are a sort of very pragmatic football manager the, the thing I think about Antonio, and, and, you know, I do like him. He does do great things. And he is a kind of... Um, he's a wild card, but we can only afford sort of one wild card. Yeah. That's partly why I don't think Ben Rama, who doesn't have enough end product, and Mikhail Antonio, who doesn't have enough end product, can be in the same team. The, the thing about Antonio is that he does cost you points, when he's not getting you points. He gets you points, but there are times like, you know, just those twice against Palace, that sort of just cross, just dabbing it bafflingly to the goalkeeper in the dying minutes of the game, who kicks it up to the pitch and then Palace score a goal. Twice. He did it twice. You know, it's like, just kick it out of play, mm. you know, you you literally gave the ball back to the opposition and they scored, why did you do that? Is it, is it uh, a square ball to yeah. Andre Ayew against, I think, Swansea, I keep bringing this example up, but I mean, they're just running up the pitch parallel to each other, uh, he's just got to kick it two yards to Andre Ayew, he just kicks it straight uh, I think Lucas Fabianski, as he's lying on the deck, just kicks. He goes down. He's even gone down. He could dink it over Fabianski, but he just kicks it into his midriff.
2: Mm.
1: Tamely kicks it into his midriff. Two yards to his right is Andre Ayu, completely unmarked. That's a goal. And we ended up, you know, like drawing instead of winning or possibly losing instead of drawing that game. And it's like, I don't think I've seen a player that... Literally costs you points in moments that you can see, you know, uh, to counteract the points he gets you. You know, like good players. If they're having a shit game, at least they don't cost you points.
2: You know, mm-hmm. they just run around and fail to score goals. You know, he does. He does really un, uh, unnerved defenders there. I mean, yeah. a, he's a unique player in that sense that we don't. We laugh and we don't know what he's going to do. No one knows. He, no. Least of all him himself. Yeah. He and you be can see the defenders there, trying to read him, yeah. Yeah. and his physicality because he's got that incredible upper body strength and uh, health, uh, 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 and he's still got quite a bit of pace. It, for it, it sol- changed the game
3: against the Serbs, didn't it, when he yeah. came on? Yeah. That he didn't actually end up assisting or scoring it changed the dynamic yes. a bit. But
1: that's why I think you know, like you know, what I what I've sort of been saying since the beginning of the season and and during last season is that in a front three, at least one of the front three has got to be better, if not two.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, and Ben Rama, Antonio, and Bowen. Bowen's the only really good one. Yeah. You know, the, the other two are like sort of mavericks. You can only have one maverick in the front three, you know, like. Yeah. But it's the, it's
2: the chaos that makes football a very enjoyable sport. Yeah. You know, I was, I was going to talk about this before. You know my hatred of Manchester City and their boring. I think mm. they're really boring to watch because it's almost like they've cracked the code of football. Mm. It's like an algorithm that can will just destroy you. They will keep the ball, they'll hold on to, they'll have 77% possession, maybe more, and they'll just wear the opposition out, come towards your penalty area, and even if it takes them 45, 50, 60 minutes, they will eventually find a small gap in your penalty area and score a win, and then there'll be two, or three and up, and then there'll be 25 minutes being having to be played out for everybody. Mm. There was a really good article in the Sunday Times yesterday about this guy called Tony Muniz, who's um, the owner of... Uh, Union Saint-Gilles, the Brussels team who have now made it into the Champions League from being a third division team, and his relationship with Tony Bloom, the Brighton owner. And he, he this guy Tony Munez is a, sort of a number cruncher, a, sort of a kind of a whiz kid, and he joined a company called Starlink, which was, which is Tony Bloom's uh, which is been his betting algorithm system. And he he's a he, data geek, so he he started, you know, registering assists and throw-ins and kicks and stuff, building up data and went into this business in a big way. And he said, actually, and I, I made a note of it, that... Um, In, you know, the whole thing about data in American sports is with... with, um, It's like the money money ball. Yeah, money ball. Was in basketball and baseball, analytics have driven efficiency to the point of making the game boring. Yeah. Everyone is playing the same way. Everyone has figured out things to do and the things not to do. And in baseball, they've worked out that bunting is bad. Which is bunting. If you don't know what it is, yeah. I looked it up. It's where you just literally instead of hitting the ball really hard a long way out, you drop field, it in front. You, of you just run. tap it. It's like run. tip and run, and instead of going tip, to the yeah. first, it's like way we play rounders at the school. So, explain that to me. Bunting. are you were supposed speaking oh, at the same time. Bunting is literally instead of really hitting the ball very hard, which is what yeah. you try and do. Yeah. It's literally tapping it. Right. A few feet in front of you, so you run to the first base, and whoever's on the first base gets the second base. Second base yeah. So they work out that that's kind of not a great way to win a game. Uh, uh, stealing bases is bad, um, and that if you want uh, if you want home runs and, and if you want home runs, or get struck out. Do you know what baseball fans hate? Home runs and strikeouts. What really fans really want is the running between bases, the throws coming in, and the chaos. Yeah, so yeah. Both basketball and baseball in America have become so analysed when they set their teams up and they pick their players and they coach them, they've become very uh, boring for the fans to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was, was always the thing I was saying about Manchester City is like, have they really figured out how to play football better than anybody else in the world? And if that started to become somehow was duplicated... I know you see a lot of teams trying to play but I think, but, but bad, but, but I think football become I mean, completely dull and boring. I mean I think no, for Pep, you know
1: like Mourinho was considered to be sort of very boring, but like Mourinho's just I think the player's skills, you know, when there is Edin Dzeko and there is, you know, Zola and you know, I know they probably these people might not have played under Mourinho. Drop but you, know, you you've got you've got people that are entertaining to watch in a system that might be kind of you know a bit sort of flat so actually you know if you if, if you know if you if you were to subscribe to an idea that Moyes Moyes ball is boring actually our two goals on Saturday were really well crafted goals that required sort of skill and talent you know um, and I mean I guess that is the thing about those sort of Marie, people that are saying that you know Pep's crack the code Mourinho's cracked the code is that they have teams with like skillful
2: players that are entertaining to watch well Manchester City not only have a team of uh, uh, world class players they've got a second and third Yeah a yeah 30. absolutely so yeah. I mean that's sort of probably do more about things it. that are
1: easy on the eye
2: you know yeah. Kevin De
1: Bruyne and Phil Foden will do things that are kind of easy on the eye and I think you know pack a <laughs> it's like, you know, little things he does are worth the price of the ticket yeah. and you go, you know, it's great that he's playing for us, it is, you know, it is very ironic that because of like uh, the the, the, um, the resurgence of Czech international Thomas Suchek, Brazilian international <laughs> Lucas Paquitar now has to play in an unfamiliar <laughs> position to accommodate sure Thomas that, Suchek yeah. coming back into yeah. some form, Brazil's central <laughs> midfielder <laughs> Lucas Paquitar has to play in a position he doesn't really just, want to play in you
3: know um, I think football's saving grace is it's so difficult to score in football and a lot of the a lot of the games your comments out basketball for us are very easy to score isn't it so ba- basically most attacks should end in a basket yeah. in basketball. Well, the basket should
1: be now... Uh, yeah, they should have 15, put it further up. 15, 18 feet <laughs> in the air <laughs> yeah,
2: now. Smaller than the bottom.
3: Smaller than the bottom. Smaller than And I think that means <laughs> it's very difficult... Yeah, it, it, however good you are and however dominant you are you know the game against Wolves showed with Man City that you are going to come up against times where you don't just get that space in the box you don't quite you quite win you know they we beat Sheffield United comfortably 2-0 I watched the game against Man City and Sheffield United admittedly were were at home but um, they were very unlucky to lose against Man City and, and Man City huffed and puffed and could not break them down so for most of the game, and uh, you know, to take the Rugby World Cup, which uh, you know, there are so many games in that cup where, where the where the team that is better simply steamrollers the other team. So there are mm. games that are finishing ninety nil and seventy nil. Yeah, yeah. Um, that doesn't happen. That kind of thing rarely no. happens at a football World Cup, yeah. where Saudi Arabia can beat Germany and and, yeah. and those shocks come because it's so difficult to score a goal, and one goal can can and you then you can you can defend a mileage, one goal lead. Yeah, it's no, yeah. Football
1: mileage. is a very bulletproof sport. Isn't yeah. it? it's yeah. like you know rugby. Rugby needs tweaks to its rules yes. all the time yeah. Yeah. because you know I don't know. People sort of seem to. Find ways of sort of bending the rules to cheat, so they sort of stop that, and then you know, like scrum's collapsing and all that sort of bullshit. Uh, Whereas football stays fairly consistent all the time, and when you think there are ways to dominate it, that doesn't that sort of doesn't happen. You know, there was that period when, um, sort of in the 90s, early noughties, when, um, we remarked on it, didn't we? That, that sort of championship teams were actually beating Premier League teams in the FA Cup with skill. You know, yes, Tubby or yeah, that guy yeah. that used to play for Sunderland. Yeah, uh, Reid. Reed, <laughs> <Andy laughs> Reed, Andy yeah, Reid. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like running rings around Arsenal's very athletic, six-foot-two-inch kind of team at the time uh, because athleticism and endurance had suddenly become the vogue in the Premier League. And actually these teams will start to get turned over so then everyone became like Eden Hazard everyone's tiny Santi Cazorla yeah. Santi Cazorla yeah. Eden Hazard David Silva everyone became little again you know so the game goes in waves because actually it it, it's it's bulletproof. And Every, everyone's looking
0: for the new thing. Or yeah, Nations yeah. as well. Yeah, You've gone from four four two to wing backs yeah. to one big man up yeah. top, and now yeah. three yes. up top.
1: But you don't have to change the basic game. Yeah. It's like tennis. Tennis yeah. always fucking works. You know, when they thought the big serve, when you know, like Buster Mottram and uh, Andy Roddick and those, you know, there was another American guy came on with enormous serves. You went, the game's fucked now. You know, and it, I remember Mac. Ice, Ace, probably,
0: Ace. Uh, yeah see, I remember mean, yeah.
1: McEnroe as a pundit Saying something's got to be done We've got to change it to just one serve Or he went one serve Or go back to wooden rackets <laughs> It's like this is the only way This game is now dead only... Then um, Post rehab Andre Agassi came back and could get everyone served back he could yeah, just get it back the bald shaven headed Andre Agassi aged probably like you know where well, he started when he was really old, so he was probably only about 28 but a veteran just came back and could just get it back, yeah. and then other people went, "Oh, we can get this big serve back," and then the game settled back yeah. down again. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. So two things
2: there. One yeah. is I think tennis, about is so much about psychology, and you know, and and you see watching tennis is great because you see someone's losing confidence, yeah, and then yeah. I think. But the same in football, you can see like if definitely. You know, if we had conceded a goal, even in the eighty seventh minute against Sheffield United, and one of them gone in, we have that. You have that collective conscious where people are, everyone's shitting themselves. Yeah. And it upsets. It. Yeah. The it spreads to the I team. I think that's it. Feeling. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's one of the key... Uh, Psychology yeah. of in yeah. football, yeah. I think. Yeah. You know, you see it's a, that. It's you know, that, yeah. nervy games. Absolutely.
3: Confident Absolutely. Games. And the jeopardy of it being so difficult to score and that one goal completely turn a game uh, contributes to that, doesn't it? The yeah. knowledge that, okay, so we're 2-0 up, but they get a goal back and, and the momentum shifts to them and, and you know it's not like being, you can you know, let the other team score a try when you're 80 nil up in your mm-hmm. you own know, it doesn't kind of matter does it and, and you're right that there are you know systems and, and, and analysis of formations and all that kind of thing but however brilliantly you've organised your formation system somebody can just pile drive one in from 40 yards mm-hmm. You Know and you, there's no legislating for that, is there? Um, VAR added yeah. to that as well. Yeah, it yeah. yeah. be yeah. 1
0: 0 up, yeah.
3: The second, yeah, it gets ruled out, yeah. All yeah. of a sudden, the other team,
0: Absolutely. yeah. When you say
3: just just about tennis, because uh, just, just well, the scoring system in tennis helps it, doesn't it? Mm, mm. Because it, so often, uh, just a, a lot of the points are not as important as this crucial yeah, yeah. point now yeah, and yeah. actually you can win more points than your opponent and still lose a tennis match yeah yeah um so Maybe i think that helps points. it yeah, yeah
1: hugely psychological i mean the part, part of you know i mean we're only seven games in and things are looking sort of pretty good at the moment but i did think you know and i've said this before after all the kind of discontent certainly on social media in the summer about sort of you know um uh, you know the the acquisition guy hates Moyes. There's all this sort of stuff. The clubs are basket case. When we got to Bournemouth a little late, and I went, we came up the stairs and the game had started. And you looked at the players and you went, the last thing these guys did is win a European trophy. And and they were, the game was you know already underway. And I sort of thought, I see if that was playing well. Yeah, Such so ex yeah, so it's good. You and this is a good outfit. This outfit should actually intimidate, you know, two thirds of the teams in the division. They go, you know, have got Lucas Packett, James Wall Prowse plays for them now. He didn't in that game, but uh, you know, it's actually. Bowen is like probably the most kind of informed striker in the league at the moment. It's like well, you um, said Phil, we Watkins.
0: had Watkins fifteen points by Christmas last year, or by yeah. the World Cup. Got
1: thirteen 30 already. already? Yeah, yeah, exactly.
3: Totally different start to the season. Take our
2: foot off the gas.
3: Well, <laughs> yeah. with City losing, we're back in the title. Well, the next the next two games are uh, the most interesting acid test of the season so far, aren't they? Because they are they're not against the, the, the traditional top three or four, but they are against teams that are challenging mm-hmm. yeah. for that top four, five, six. Technically they're, they're, they're direct they're the most direct rivals now we have probably along with possibly Brighton you could you could chuck in there. Oh. Um, uh, Newcastle Villa uh, and I think that you know whatever we get out of those games might be might be a clear indication of where we're where headed long term this mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. season.
2: I did. Oh.
0: So they um Newcastle <laughs> actually could potentially be missing two very good players from Sunday as well. So Bottman Botman, right. Botman right. is out. Right. Um, and they reckon that Gordon might be out who okay. has been in very they've good form. Yeah, they've got they have they've still got to got do have handsy,
3: handsy Gordon. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they've they got a few injury or problems. They've got Joe Linton. G- Joe Linton's, Linton's injured, well. yeah, and I think there's a yeah, couple of yeah, yeah. like fitness tests. So
2: one or two injury problems. And what's the name's out, yeah. isn't he? The, um, Harvey Barnes is out for months. Harvey
3: Barnes is out for. Who's right? there, um are they travelling on on Wednesday? Who have they got in the Champions League? Do we know? Do we
2: know? Uh, they have, I
3: think. No, they, they must be at home because they, they travel P- to PSG. PSG is at home. Yeah, yeah, PSG at home. Yeah. Welcome, killing Okay.
2: Welcome, Yeah, yeah come down big market they've got, they've
1: got an extra day umbapi is <laughs> like a word designed for people from the north to say umbapi <laughs> umbapi <Bobby>. me Bobby. <laughs> uh yeah Bobby, big and bappy. before we talk about uh Freiburg and Newcastle uh we should mark uh, a very special occasion that occurred yesterday in West Ham's history which is the 30 something birthday of Ricardo vaz uh one of the great great West Ham players up there with Bonds, Brookings.
3: Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> for me, he's 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 one of, he's just a, both Jim and I uh, coincidentally looked at his uh, show yeah, real watch, of goals on, on YouTube goals, today. Yeah, yeah. They're fucking great. Mm-hmm. They're great yeah. Really, really, you know, again like Ravel, Ravel Morrison's period with West Ham it was like wrong manager, right player. You know, it's like uh, Vazte once once we got into the Premier League and he san- signed Andy Carroll, uh, it was difficult for other strikers to get into the team and like Sako. I mean both Sako and Vazte. Um, were riven with injuries. Fazte had big injury problems. Shoulder, so I think it? sort of yeah. followed him for the rest yeah. of his career after he left us. You know, um, you know, he had problems, but uh, he was a really good player. fast Yeah.
0: Was
3: it the hat trick against? Blackburn? Blackburn, yeah. The overhead Scored team. against Blackburn. Yeah. Scored in one of The one he smashed in that seemed to just... It's yeah. completely... It went through yeah. the goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
2: yeah. Where did yeah, he perfect. go to? So? Where do we set Anybody remember where he went off
1: to? Or well, he went to Turkey for a while. Uh, he came... He played for Charlton uh, after he left us. I think he might have gone to Turkey from us and then right. came back and played for Charlton. He played for a couple of Chinese teams, so... Oh. Uh,
3: yeah, yeah. Uh, I do love it Phil. And then he went. Sorry. You really do love. Yeah. yeah. And then he went back to the world of jazz funk. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what a play. He was a great player. He's one of those, you know, like it's, it was a shame both for Vazte and Sacco that they sort of struggle with injuries so much, and also actually with the manager that, that you know when uh, Andy Carroll played, <laughs> were just displaced. Yeah. Um he's, he's know, forever he's,
3: gonna be a cult hero, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. should for the sake of balance remind ourselves that it is also the great Sir Trevor Brooking's birthday today, I believe. Oh is it no, today? 75, Not as good well, as Bad's title, yeah. was he was today? Yesterday. Wow. <laughs> there's his boots. <laughs> yes, Sir Trevor Brooking. Yeah. Uh
1: there's
2: a player. There is a player. There
3: is a player.
1: Play. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> what a footballer he was. Yeah. Um and did get enough love from England. You know, unlike Bonzo, who didn't, booking... Yeah, uh, he did. Maybe not enough games for England, but... Um,
3: yeah, yeah, well, <coughs> we wonder how. About 60, played about 60 yeah. times for England, something like, like that. Sort of that. Maybe was a fellow England
2: that. period, wasn't it? It was, a, yeah. was an era where we wouldn't...
3: I mean, part one suspects, though, that it helped that Greenwood was the manager for, for yeah. part of that time, wasn't it? And, um, you know, knew how good he was. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember he scored the goal in that game in Hungary where, which got stuck at, where the ball got in stuck in the stanchion mm-hmm. in this the stanchion.
1: is the first time you really heard the word stanchion said out loud because <laughs> yeah. whoever the commentator, David Coleman whoever the commentator was kept saying stanchion <laughs> like st- st- stop saying stanchion all the time um, but yeah that's like, you know he's a real cult hero for me um Samasi Abu. He scored the goal that Samasi Abu got us promoted. Absolutely. And what a goal that was. Happened right in front of us, obviously, Uh, away fan second half. But, uh, and, and, you know, from our steep Angle, it looks like he's hitting it over. Yeah. But it's not. It's in the roof of the net. And you're like, fucking hell. I mean, you know, that's one of the great, great celebrations. Oh, Oh, you know.
0: That was a great day. Absolutely brilliant.
1: Fantastic. Um, You know, Suchek in the home tie against Seville. Yes. Yeah, but like, the, yes, took the roof off that fucking stadium when that
3: yeah, goal went yeah, in, yeah. and Boeing in Prague. Yeah. I mean, that was. I'd have loved to have been there, wasn't there? I'd love to have been there for for, for Pablo in Alkmaar, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was, yeah, that, that yeah. was another. I was jumping around my living room. Space. You'd have been fighting them as they came up the stand oh, yeah, well, yeah,
2: yeah.
3: Um I'd have gone low though. <laughs> <laughs> <I'd have>
1: gone,
0: <laughs> yeah. of high.
3: Set <laughs>
1: When you say low, do you mean you'd be at the bottom of the stairs instead of the top of the stairs like Noles-y? Uh No. Well, possibly. <laughs> you'd, uh, you'd, you'd put a kind of velvet rope up and say, do you have a ticket to run up the stairs? I wouldn't, have done. People, are, people who want to be punched by Noles-y, uh queue on the left. Guest list, queue on the right. People that want to meet Paquetta's wife on the right. People that want to be punched by Nosey on the left. Um, but yes, we are going to play um, mid-table Bundesliga Freiburg. Yeah, you know, they're side, like though. ninth or something in that division. They're they're above the team that knocked us out of the Europa League last time. Mm-hmm. They're above Eintracht Frankfurt, so I think that is going to be. Do you think he'll
3: change all eleven again? No, I don't, well, I doubt uh, it. I, I bet see. you Suchet plays. Um, yeah. <laughs> <it's so difficult. laughs> I think, obviously, Fab Fab Fabiansky looks like he's the, he's the European yeah. Cup goalkeeper.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, he play that defence. I suspect Caron might play it right, yeah. uh, right back. Yeah, and I'm sure Ob right uh, Bonner and uh, um, Mavropanis will play. But Cresswell's injured. But he so wants something injury. out of that, doesn't
3: he? I mean, I think... Johnson was all right
2: at yeah. Lincoln, I mean, but it's a bit of a... Bit they
3: are, I mean, you know, they're it. tough.
1: They're tough. So, so, I mean, it feels like he... Yeah, so it might want to me go like, strong.
3: Yeah, I agree. I think this you know, is the crunch. In it's any it's mm. way, it's the crunch game, isn't Because you fancy getting something against anybody at, at home in Europe these days. It's not um, it's, get something there, win there, six points on the board. Yeah. It's looking pretty. Amazing. Yeah. I just kind of hope I'm one of them ones where
0: I'd like to see Kudos play with our first team. From the start Yes mm. Rather than in play With Four And Ben Rama And that And then when it comes To the actual Premier League game He comes on for 10 or 15 minutes and you think He's yeah. got to get used To playing with Piquet I,
2: I think yeah. he may Well play good As when is Interviewing the standard uh, I think he might On yeah, Thursday well, he, he might start Definitely Yeah, 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 uh,
1: yeah. I think he will it's, Yeah I mean I think different. he will But, but, but it is it isn't just a case of our Sort of second Eleven Standard you know, non Premier League team because it's a tough fixture, and you you know it'd be, you know you don't want to like lose it. It would be great, you know, to do our best, and because they're going to be tough, so I it's really it. difficult with with Newcastle coming up at the weekend.
0: Whether he'll just rest Bowen and play Kudos on the right, he might. Yes. Benny on the left, yes, he might. He might. Yeah, that, yeah, that that that.
3: Yeah, I think Paqueta will play. You know. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he's super fit, isn't he? I mean, yeah. you know, he's like, it feels like he's... Um, he wants to play. And he, he, he's yes. got that look about... He's got that, a good I engine. Like play.
1: I mean, these, you know, like, the good thing about our fancy Dan's is that they actually do have good engines, like Ward Prowse, who you just thought would, like, you know, want to uh, faint into a sedan chair after 60 minutes of just playing free kicks and... Uh, have you know those sort of fronds waved over him like sultans uh, but he doesn't he plays he works really hard uh, as does Paquetta yeah. Um, but yeah you know I mean our second eleven you know he might find a way to include Fournals against Freiburg
3: um, Certainly get game time. He might pay pay um, Dinos and and, and um, Oggy okay. save Zuma's knees for Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they are managing Zuma, aren't
0: they? Yeah, yeah. It's got the Ledley Kings about so. him
3: yeah. but we're now confident that that uh, can do can do that job. I mean, yeah, it looks really good. That's it
1: really good.
0: Yeah, looks really good. Should five kickoff though as well. Yes.
2: Yes. Sir. Yes. Six. Quarter yes. six. Yeah. six kickoff is it?
1: Mm. Yeah. 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 Five forty-five forty-five. Yeah. Should we perhaps wrap this up by doing predictions for those two games?
2: Yeah. Freiburg mm. one 0 uh, oh. yeah. um, I'll be a bit more optimistic. One nil to us. Keeping her clean sheet. I'm going for a goalless draw. Ooh, so intriguing. I think it's
0: going to be a. Big... I'm going to go two one. West Ham. Two
1: one West Ham. Excellent. Now Newcastle on Sunday. Newcastle.
2: Different kettle of fish.
1: Two all.
3: Yeah. One all. <laughs> Oh, they've got some they've got some injury problems I think they'll they'll, they'll want to dominate the ball I think they'll be confident they've, they've, they're on a very very good run 2-0 West Ham nice bold Pete I'm
0: going to go all guns blazing 3-2 West Ham.
2: Nice, nice. I like it. Right. I I hope like that is think it might be a good game. Yes, to watch. So do I. So
1: do I. Yes, it could be. Yeah, yeah.
2: it could be a good game. Where we score the winner in the 114th minute.
0: That's offside. <laughs> yeah. But VAR lets it stand.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That would be the ideal modern <laughs> game of football outcome. Um, yeah, I mean, fucking bar this weekend. I mean, it's just like the sort of officiating's gone a bit mad, hasn't it? I think the sort of. I mean, pundits were being really openly rebellious and mean about it the last couple of years. But I think, you know, some of the games this season have been kind of the worst it's ever been. That sort of, you know, vertically cleared ball that we were talking about on last week's podcast that then glances the player's hand as it's heading towards fucking Saturn (laughs) you know and they go that's handball it's already been cleared by the guy's foot and then it's just glance it's I mean they just don't know what they're doing anymore I think that's the the problem
3: it's not with handball not with handball no the the, um, the the
0: technology's not broken
3: it's the human part of it and the interpretation. is broken exactly yes actually I mean you you have to get your system right how are you going to use the technology that's available to you and there are sports that have common sense tried and trusted now systems whereby that technology is used possibly easier to use it in say cricket but it still works and it's there's an absolute clear protocol even down to the kind of the words that the third umpire Mm -hmm. says as he goes through a process of assessing the the, Mm. the the appeal of one and and um it's a mess, it's a mess. If, if, if the person who's reviewing in the VAR thinks the wrong field decision is a different one to the one that's yeah, actually that's going... Yeah, that's right. That's a massive system fuck-up, isn't
1: yeah, it? Yeah, because it's just overturning a clear and obvious error. Yeah. And what it's become is like someone in Stockley Park goes, I disagree with your decision. Just yeah, disagreement. Nice. And you're like, oh, well, that's just a ship of fucking fools then. Mm-hmm. You know, that happens, you know, like in in... in my field of work writing scripts is is what will sometimes happen is that you've got two ideas about how the script could develop so What someone, you know, at the top goes is, well, let's develop both scripts. And you go, no, let's make one script really good because we go all the way with two scripts. You're like, well, you've got to fucking film one of these things. There's someone going, could we just have all the ideas Mm -hmm. in this thing? And then when they go, lights, camera, action, Will magically decide on one of these scripts. It's like, no, just just keep improving one fucking script. That whole thing of going, on field referee thinks this, Stockley Park goes, oh no, I don't think that's
2: right, I think it should be this. That way lies mad. Sorry, I would have thought, I thought they were going to introduce semi automatic offsides because really, if you took out the human interpretation bit, uh, and that's a, basically you're drawing a line or a computer can draw a line and it can tell you that is quite clearly offside his foot's in front of and, in front of the other player and that was a case mm. on on Saturday, Saturday or Sunday whenever that game was and so having humans to then like your point you're making having humans to overturn it is a nonsense because the technology should be trusted enough certainly in those clear cut decisions mm-hmm. offside is just a line where you could remove all of that heartache and problem problems by just saying, "It's it's like in cricket if it's if there's a, you know, with Hawkeye you, you know it's there's been a nick they've got the sound, that sound thing, so uh, I think then I don't think they they got they're using the technology correctly. No, it's
0: very strange. I mean, there was a game I don't know whether it was last season or two seasons ago where there was a decision we scored and four minutes later we had had. Was it handball Was there offside Was there a free kick involved And in the end the goal got disallowed Because it touched Antonio's shoelace on the goal line Yeah. But yet in some of those games They're making a decision in five seconds And you're like what's going on here Why is one decision taking you four minutes And the other one you've made a decision in ten seconds I just don't understand it <coughs>
1: I think those those kind, you know, those line those vertical lines from shoulders to the ground on those kind of replays that you see on match of the day. I mean, you know, like that thing with sprint races. That the reason they dip at the end is that it's your chest breaking the line. Yeah. They don't go. Oh, his, you know, his fingernails go. Yeah, exactly. Everyone would run doing a kind of Hitler salute if it was literally just the first part of your body to cross the yeah. line. You know, people would just like get arm extensions. They, they, they be in traction to increase their arm. It's not. It's kind of like you know. It's whether. The bulk of you is in front of the defender, I think.
0: Lee nice. Evans used to say, didn't he, with the the horse racing? He said you never see in the photo finish the jockey yeah. Leading yeah. over the horse yeah. like that. Everyone yeah. knows yeah. it's on the yeah. nose.
1: Um, but that's you know it's just be, it's, oh, it's becoming. Anyway, um, so to put a sort of down note to end on, but uh, uh, this has been stop hammer time. Uh, my name is Phil Wheelands. With me this week being Jim Grant. Cheerio. Pete Ward. Pete Harcourt. Thank you for having me. Come on, you irons.
2: If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.